Hello and welcome to Pep Talk by Perpetual, a talent advisory firm based out of New York City and Paris. This podcast is all about raw conversation with real people. My name is Steve Morrissey, founder and CEO of Perpetual, and I'm delighted to welcome today Danny Newton, the Senior Vice President of Sales at Casa Lumbre. Danny, welcome. Thank you, Steve. It's a pleasure to spend some time with you today. It's great to have you on today. An unusual fashion for our podcasts, we like to start with a relatively lighthearted question. So, Danny, my first question to you then is, what is your favorite movie or TV show and why? Well, I'm going to take the, uh, call it shows, and being a product of the 1980s, I've been a big fan of the John Hughes movies, you know, so the Breakfast Clubs, the Ferris Bueller's, the the weird science uh, shows that you see every Saturday and Sunday that you hit the pause button or uh, spend some time looking at that. I've, I've always been intrigued with those, the way he, he framed the, the characters in the movies and uh, the time having grown up in the 80s. I think it just captured the pop culture very, very well. So uh, as nerdy as some of those those shows may be, uh, I think we all have our favorite within that. And I'm going to go with The Breakfast Club, uh, being it was right spot in the middle of my my era and my of uh, me growing up as a teen. Um, the sort of opening question then is, can you share an overview of who you are and uh, what your background is? Certainly. it's it, to, to stay specific to the industry that I've been in, I've been in the wine and spirits industry for over 25 years. I mean, I'll take it way back to uh, my great-great-grandparents back in Western Colorado were one of the first people to, to open a liquor store in a town called Grand Junction. Uh, so it was in my blood from the, the very beginning, I guess so. And uh, taking it further, when I got into college, my, my roommate and best friend was part of the Bacardi family and introduced me to the world of, of spirits. Uh, and from there, after college, I jumped right into the industry. Um, started with a distributor in Colorado for three or four years, working as a sales rep, managing you know the, the liquor stores and on-premise accounts throughout the front range of Colorado, and then it brought me to California to start the supplier side of the business with Bacardi, and you know that was 25 years ago, and it took me all around the country. Uh, I relocated I think seven or eight times during that time, and it's come full circle. Uh, I'm back in California, although not with Bacardi, uh, with a new company called Casa Lumbre. But, um, you know, that's where it all started was way back working in a, a liquor store, then with a distributor, then with a supplier. Um, I think I've hit all four tiers. So it's been an endless experience uh, and one that just seems like it's just getting unstarted. Tell us a little bit about the the role you're in at the moment. So you are Senior Vice President of Sales for Casa Lumbre. Tell us a bit more about that organization. Yeah, Casa Lumbre is the U, the U.S. portion of Casa Lumbre is is relatively new. It uh, it's it was a company that started just over two years ago, right at the, the start of 2020. So the timing wasn't ideal with all the challenges that we've experienced back then, but nonetheless, it, it's an incubating company. So we we specialize in and launching new brands and brands that are uh, fit a trend, brands that fit maybe uh, a portfolio of some of the bigger suppliers. Uh, and we're on the forefront of, of these type of brands and we, we launch them from scratch. We take them to a certain level. And then hopefully if we find a partner 
that they you know find the value in the brand that they take it over uh, and they start to manage it because you find now that the bigger suppliers you know they don't like to to create their own brands you know on their own they like to see someone that's done it and proved it so we essentially specialize in proof of concept with brands and then eventually uh, again one of the suppliers you know takes it over and, and makes a purchase but we started that back in 2020 and I think I was employee number three um, and now we're we're an organization of over 30 so we've got a full-blown marketing team we've got a full-blown sales team and all the anchor markets we've got an advocacy team so it's been fun to be a part of a uh, of a company that was starting from the beginning with just a handful of employees to now uh, not only are we putting together a great sales force, but we're launching some great brands at the same time. So we started with two or three brands. And by the end of this year, we'll have an additional five brands on top of that. So we'll have a full portfolio. We'll be in all the states across the country. Uh, and we still are launching new brands. Uh, so they're coming out every you know three or four months. We've got something new to share with the consumers. So within the Casa Lumbre portfolio, is it predominantly tequilas and mezcals or is it a broader portfolio than that no it's a broader portfolio one of the the, the original brand that we kicked off with when we f- first started the company was abasola whiskey it was the first whiskey to be made in in mexico and but we do have specifically some mezcals uh we're coming out with a atoll here shortly we've got a gin that we're launching that's going to be uh developed in and around the baja peninsula uh we've got an irish whiskey and we've got a vodka that we're getting ready to, to launch here uh, in about six or seven markets in the next couple of months. So it's interesting that you've worked for one of the, the largest suppliers in your long career history with Bacardi and then moving to a, a much smaller yet rapidly growing supplier in Casa Lumbre. What, what would you, how would you describe the distinct differences in you know, what you've had to do from a work perspective um, from, from the sales the sales side. I get asked that question a lot. And the main thing for me and the biggest difference was that the learning is so uh, much more intense on a, on a smaller, within a smaller company. And I, the reason why I say that is, you know, when you think of a company like Bacardi, that's something, a bigger company like that, there's so many departments uh, that specialize in what you need to have done, whether it's an operations department, a, a pricing department, uh, human resource department, you have specialties or people that specialize in that. So it makes it easier for things to get done, obviously, but you, the learning is not as, not as intense where at Casa Lumbre, you know, there could be a day where I wear all those hats at once. Uh, one hat could be, you know, focused just on operations that day, uh, or it could be on HR the next day. Uh, that's the beauty of that, that the learning never stopped. The celebrations were all over the place from small to to large and it became pretty impactful in terms of just how you felt going to work every day yeah there must have been some huge accomplishments along the way especially starting with three people and growing it to the size you've had could you could you identify an event or a single moment and it can be positive or negative that sort of led you to where you are today yeah i think the the, the biggest piece for me it was definitely around that that learning piece uh just of of, there were some facets of the industry that I needed to get dig deeper in and, and understand how it, everything comes to fruition. And that was really on the operations side and the finance side 
things that would have been uncomfortable for me in the other role, just because uh, it was much more intense on that side. Uh, it put me in a, I guess, an uncomfortable place, which is a good thing because it keeps you on your toes in terms of learning something that's brand new. I mean, sometimes you get intimidated by, uh, you know, wanting to learn the the details of finance and the, and the behind the curtain things. But, uh, you know, this expedited that learning and this put it at the forefront. I knew enough to be deadly about in the other role, but you had to get really deep into it uh, with a startup company because, you know, you were the one that was talking about that with either the distributor uh, or your broker, uh, you know, when you were doing any of the kind of the exports or programming with your distributor, you had to know that, have knowledge of that. So it just kind of put that everything at the forefront on my end. So for those people that are not in your immediate network, what, what advice would you give to someone who's in the same situation as you were in that much larger supplier environment, maybe deciding to pivot to go to a startup or a smaller? What, what, what advice would you give them? Yeah, don't be afraid of the, I would say, don't be afraid of the lateral moves that might round out your skills. So, you know, you, you can go from sales to finance. It might be the same level on, within the organization, but you're in a different part of the, of the business. So I think the piece for me that I wish I would have done earlier is not, not have been afraid to, to take that lateral move to something different uh, or, to, or to, you know, not take the specific lane of just going down sales, uh, going down the operation side, going down the, the marketing side. Uh, so just rounding out everything, you know, taking a side step within the organization, to go learn uh, about operations would have been great. It would have benefited me uh, much earlier in my career. Uh, you know, and at that point, you, you know, you're always focused on moving up within the organization, but when you stay in your own lane at sales, you kind of limit yourself in terms of, of what else is out there. Uh, and again, part of being a general manager and understanding everything is having a, a well-rounded perspective of, of finance, of, of operations, uh, of marketing, of sales, and all that together. So that would be the thing I would encourage most people is, is don't be afraid of that lateral move if that's what's necessary, uh, but get the experience. Sound advice. And many people, uh, Danny, in life have either a life-changing moment or an aha moment, either personally or professionally, that have impacted them. What, what's been yours? When I think of that, I think of the first time one of my, you know, one of my star managers that I had got promoted and I thought I had lost my, my left arm and, and my right leg and that, and that star who brought so much value to the team, but it actually became something really to be proud of. And, uh, you know, you didn't realize that the impact that you can have on someone or on yourself isn't so much your own promotion, but what you can do to promote your team. So what it did for me is it made me appreciate the fact that uh, it may not be the specific accomplishments that you have within your own certain role, but what you've done for the greater good of the team, getting someone promoted, getting someone more experience, getting someone in front of someone that they would not normally do, a, a seat at the table to discuss uh, a strategy within the company that they normally wouldn't be a part of. So I think the piece for me was, was, not, was to get people more involved and to get people to realize that you know, the more people you get promoted on your own team is it says a lot about yourself. So I, I often would ask that question when I'm interviewing people is, you know, tell me about your team and who was the last person that you got promoted and why, and tell me about that person and tell me what their trajectory is and how you've contributed to their career. 
I think that was a big piece for me. Yes, it, it, it's definitely a proud moment to reflect on. But as you say, at the time when you lose the superstar to being promoted, it does feel like a bit of a dent in the armor. So uh, I can I can totally uh, understand those feelings. Yeah, I'd say that the challenge is then, you know, how do you continue to, to you know, make your team better and backfill that person with, with someone that's just as capable, if not better, and to keep improving on the team. So the hiring process, even after someone's promoted, is becomes that much more intense. Uh, and you've, you know, you've, you've set yourself a standard of, of what you want to happen. And each role, each hire has got to be better than the other one. Absolutely. If you were to have your time again and develop your career in the adult beverage space, would you have done anything differently um, from the career journey you've had? If you could sort of reflect and start again, would you have run the same course or would you have changed it somewhat? You know, I'd tell you now, I'd, I'd, I'd run the same course and, and here's why. And here's where I felt the value of what helped my career certainly was the, the ability to move around and and live in certain in other markets. Uh, you know, I've lived in Texas and Colorado and Chicago and Boston and L.A. And, you know, pl- was there long enough to plant a little roots to, to see my my family flourish also in a new setting was a, was a personal benefit, but also to get the perspective and understanding of how each market operates and the dynamics of each market was invaluable. If I had just stayed in one market and planted my feet, uh, you can still certainly be successful, but I don't know that I would have had the lens into or the peek into what other markets, what other people, what other distributors, uh, what other customers are like if I hadn't made, made those those leaps to go to those other states and take the relocations. Now, that doesn't mean nowadays that that needs to happen. But uh, for me, it was a it was a, a personal learning for not just myself but my family. But it was also one that I think was invaluable just based on the perspectives and the dynamics of each of those markets. I mean, in seven markets, I think essentially is is what I've you know where I've lived over the course of of twenty years, and each one was different. Some were similar, but each was was different in its in its in its specific way. I'll ask you a, a confrontational question potentially that uh, people are, and I'm seeing a lot of it in the market at the moment. Is many adult beverage suppliers are bringing in classically trained CPG folk from you know food and beverage organisations that clearly don't have the adult beverage experience, but are bringing something else to the table. What's your view on um, the changes you're seeing in the hiring strategies of some of the larger suppliers bringing in CPG professionals over adult beverage ones? Well, you know, I think the the, the obvious or the standard response is certainly they, they would bring a lens or a different perspective into an organization that is different. And certainly that is beneficial. I think the piece that the wine and spirits industry has always been able to to say and back up and acknowledge is it's always been a relationship business uh and it can make it, it it would seem like it would take a little longer to establish those relationships if you came from the outside but this industry is changing now that might have been the case you know years ago where it would have taken you longer to kind of crack into the the code of the partnerships that are out there and the value of that but certainly you know someone coming in from outside the organization or the industry is always going to bring a different perspective and a different way of working and and bring challenges that maybe haven't been brought or discussed before. But at the same time, uh, you know, I've seen where long 
established relationships within the industry can be very beneficial. Uh, and, you know, you just got to work a little harder at that. And that can, certainly can be done. But that's, you know, there's the value in both. Um, and I've seen both of them, uh, you know, maximize to its fullest. I mean, a relationship with your distributor uh, is tremendous. And you can get a lot of things done. You can get a lot of share of mind from that. Uh, but then also coming in with a new fresh idea to the distributor is is a great thing as well. And that's what someone from the outside can bring. And what advice would you give to somebody potentially now? You know, it could be graduating. It could be early in their career. What advice would you give them in terms of looking at the adult beverage landscape and opportunities here in the U.S.? Is it, is it something you would encourage people to get into? Yeah, the, 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 the wine and spirits industry is definitely not boring. I can tell you that. Uh, and it's definitely, it, it may sound cliche, but it's, it is certainly is always changing. I find it to be always at the forefront of, of, of trends um, and identifying trends and setting trends. Uh, so it, there's never a dull moment within the industry. Uh, and certainly the brands that are, are coming out, uh, there, there's, there's several that come out each month and each year. But, uh, you know, to be a part of something um, that is great in terms of, you know, launching a brand and seeing it grow and develop and how consumer establishes a relationship with your brand is, is something else. I mean, it's, it's a great experience. Not to mention the fact of having a brand that everybody's familiar with and uh, like a Bacardi and, and like a Grey Goose and seeing how that partnership is, is stable is, is another side of it. So there's never a dull moment uh, at all in the industry. And, uh, you know, it, it can, it can be very rewarding for someone that just comes out of, uh, out of college or, uh, or wants to change and, and come into the new or this side of the industry. It's, it's a good thing. And if, uh, I know you're on the West coast and still have plenty of hours left in the day compared to myself here in New York, but as you close out today, what, what drink from your Casa Lumbre portfolio will you be pouring yourself this evening or is there a classic cocktail that the organization refers to? I recently just went through uh, an early tasting of a gin that we're getting ready to come out with and uh, I think that's going to be my summer drink here. We've got a, a Citrico gin that's coming out and you know to be launched here in the next 30 days so not to be not to give you the cliffhanger but that's going to be my go-to for the for the summer is going to be that uh, and some tonic. So gin and tonic for right now. Well, Danny, it's been a wonderful uh, time to chat to you again. I always enjoy catching up with you and thank you very much for sharing some of your career journey learnings on the way and some sharings about the industry in general um, so i genuinely from the whole team here at perpetual wish you a very successful continued career and equally all of the success to the team at casa lumbre as you navigate the rest of 2022 and launch these delightful brands that we hopefully will see in the market so thank you again danny well, I appreciate it, Steve, uh, anytime, and thank you for a great talk. I appreciate it.